Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz. Happy New Year and happy Championship Sunday. Injury Report Edition coming to you. We're looking at all the fantasy-relevant factors to get a leg up on what's going down on Sunday. Plenty of COVID, plenty of nicks and bruises, plenty of stuff to talk about. As always, I am joined by none other than PFF's own Andrew Erickson, Dwayne McFarlane. Andrew, you first. How are you? Wearing your Mac Jones shirt pretty well. Oh, of course. I'm wearing my Mac Jones shirt. No, I'm doing good ready to, you know, take home some fantasy football championships this weekend. I'm pumped. That's the goal. Dwayne, how are you? Good, man. I'm just here to take home fantasy football championships. Like Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I'm good. I'm excited. Andrew, uh, man, just got through eating a huge brisket lunch. Ooh. Like, so went and had some good barbecue. So yeah, man, I'm ready. Andrew's like that dude that's seen 20 freaking championships growing up in New England. He's wearing his Mac Jones shirt with a Brady jersey over his other shirt. He's spoiled. Andrew's spoiled. I saw, I I remember I stumbled upon like this article or something that was like Patriots fans are the most depressed fans or something like ridiculous like that. I was like, really? Like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I've been pretty happy with the last 20 years. That article, I'm going to reject that thesis. So as always, we'll go through position by position, touching on all the key injuries. And with that, let's get going. Kirk Cousins, the unvaccinated Kirk Cousins ruled out with COVID, meaning Sean Mannion will be starting against Green Bay. I don't think we need to go too deep into this. You're still starting Dalvin Cook. You're still starting Justin Jefferson. It's fair to drop them in the ranks just a little bit. I think the bigger thing is that now with Conklin and KJ Osborne, these are now guys that I would really try to avoid starting, particularly with Conklin dealing with that hamstring injury. Dwayne, on the same page? Same page, man. I put uh, Jefferson at a high-end wide receiver two instead of a high-end wide receiver one, so you're still using him. Uh, haven't dropped Conklin down, but I will. Um, KJ Osborne, if you're using my ranks, it'll be tough for you find, to find a way to start it. Lamar Jackson allegedly has a chance to play through this ankle injury, but we've seen him on the practice field once. He was limping all over the place. Athletics, Jamison Hensley are reporting that Tyler Huntley is trending towards starting. Andrew, we've had some okay enough Tyler Huntley experiences. I, I like the guys at backup quarterback, but I can't like get behind really ranking him as a true QB1. I have Trey Lance as my QB11, then Taysom Hill, then Russell Wilson, then Tyler Huntley at QB14. Where do you have him ranked? Like, am I even being aggressive here? Because I feel like more teams than not should not be starting him, but I have already been seeing a steady stream of start sits considering Huntley amongst these guys. Yeah, I have him in that same tier. I have met quarterback 15. So okay. guys, I'm gonna start him over like Carr, Tannehill, Joe, like like a lot of guys like that you really weren't playing because we just lost like so many quarterbacks to COVID. Like you Kirk yeah. Cousins, for example, if like you were gonna start Kirk Cousins, like I'm okay with now plugging in Tyler Huntley if you don't have anybody else to pick up. So I, yeah, I think that that outside the top 12 in the 15 range is right about right. Yeah, ripping through some of his other quarterback news. Justin Fields will not be out there. He's questionable with an ankle, but Nagy has already said that. Andy Dalton's starting anyway, back from the groin injury. Screw you, Nick Foles, and your comeback. We're going back to the Red Rocket for whatever reason. Drew Locke will be back out there again with Teddy Bridgewater still not practicing with a concussion. Not really throwing to any wide receivers we've ever heard of, but he'll be out there uh, nevertheless. Jimmy Garoppolo not practicing with a thumb. Hold that thought. Uh, Jerry Goff is doubtful with a knee, so more Tim Boyle, obviously not 
playing him. Uh, note that Carson Wentz still on the COVID list, but sounds like he does have a chance to clear it and then suit up for Sunday. But, you know, given what we've seen from players coming off the COVID list and the general Colts passing game in recent weeks, no one's really playing him. So, Dwayne, this kind of takes us to Taysom Hill, obviously off the COVID list, and Trey Lance looking more and more like the starter. How do you kind of have this tier rank? Because we talked about in the game preview pod, and I think Andrew has these guys in the same spot as well. Like, there is kind of this QB1 borderline tier of mobile quarterbacks. How do you line up Lance against guys like Taysom, Russ, Huntley? Because it seems like we're still not quite putting him in to the Burrow, Herbert, Stafford kind of area. Right. But I mean, these quarterbacks keep going down. So Trey Lance just keeps moving up the ranks this yep. week. <laughs> he started off at 12. He's up to 10 today. Um, just, you know, by, he didn't even have to do anything. Like he's just <laughs> falling into this, but um, I do like him over Taysom Hill. Um, I just, I think yeah. it's a healthier offense, right? You got more weapons around you um, with Hill. Uh, like, man, we do, is there a receiver you like? You know, on the same. Traquan's hurt I, now too. Like it's yeah. Traquan's got a Smith injury. I mean, Traquan Smith's got a chest injury. Traquan's so got a Smith injury. <laughs> Traquan's got a Smith. Dude, there's so many guys with last name Smith. That would almost be like COVID. Like we would, it would be a bad problem if you had a Smith injury. Um, but yeah, no, I've got Trey Lance at ten. I've got Taysom Hill at eleven. Um, and we just mentioned Huntley. I've got Huntley right behind them at thirteen. Have all of those guys ahead of Russ Wilson, Tua. Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr, Mac Jones, those types. No offense, Andrew, on the Mac Jones. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's fantasy. <laughs> Moving on to some running backs. DeAndre Swift practiced in full all week with the shoulder injury. You know, I've talked about some fear of reaggravation and stuff with this and just wondering, like, hey, if he's out there, would he even get the full allotment? Because as we saw throughout this year, like, he's made so much of his living on checkdowns in the fourth quarter of games. I get it. I've seen the Seattle Seahawks most receptions allowed to running back stat. I see the picture, but I was hesitant until we got Dan Campbell coming out here and saying, quote unquote, we feel like we're in a place where let's go cut him loose and let him continue to grow and get better. So before I saw that quote, I had Swift as my RB 25. Now I am leaning towards getting him more into that RB probably 15, 16 area around Singletary, Daryl Williams, Josh Jacobs types. Dwayne, am I reading too much in the coach speak? You know, am I just being ridiculous here? What are your thoughts on Swift? No, I think obviously he still comes with risk because we could have a three, uh, a, a three-way backfield, you know, situation like, you know, Williams will be involved. We know that um, we'll probably have, um, you know, God, what's the other guy's name now? Going Goblin. Like Craig Reynolds. It's like oh, such a generic. Yeah. Like so no, the other name. guy. <laughs> no, the other guy. Yeah, not Godwin. Godwin. Like my concern is like he only gets the Godwin role. But I think you're right. Like I don't think we're overreading Coach Speak to this point. Like, look, they've held him out a long time. I'm assuming that when Swift plays, he's really going to be healthy, and they don't have any reason to risk him. So I, I mean, as bad as the Lions are, I still don't think they want to get a good player hurt. So I think we should be in a situation where I'm going to actually. I'm going to move him up the board a little bit as well. Ian. you know, I had him at 23. So I'm going to move him out of tier four up into tier three, which has got guys like Patterson, Nick Chubb, which we can talk about cream hunt in a minute. You know, now that that's a dual backfield yeah. Rashad Penny, I think he belongs in that range, but I'm not going to put him up there, you know, with the Aaron Jones, you know, David Montgomery, who's got a full workload. I'm not playing him over Devin Singletary, who's in every down back. So I'm going to have him below all those guys, but I do need to move him up some. 
I think another guy that will be in that group, depending on how these things shake out, could be Boston Scott. Not as if Jordan Howard ends up joining Miles Sanders on the bench. Sanders out with the hand. Howard is officially questionable with a stinger. Andrew, I'm kind of viewing Scott right now as more of like a really solid RB3. I have him as my RB27 there with like Kareem Hunt, A.J. Dillon, some of those guys. But hey, if we get Jordan Howard out of the picture, Scott does become someone we're trying to actively start. What do you make of these Eagles running backs, you know, depending on the Howard status? Yeah, I got Howard at 25 and Scott at 31. So I think that Scott would definitely move up to at least 25 and then probably more closer towards inside the top 20. You know, I have Singletary, you know, Rashad Penny, Elijah Mitchell wants to figure out what his, you know, what his deal is going on. So I think that Scott's could probably a pretty solid start. Like we don't know what his receiving role is going to necessarily be. We don't know how much he's going to be used in the passing game, but you know, if he's going to see the majority of carries in a pretty good matchup, you know, you kind of should be, I mean, why, what's the difference between him and Ronald Jones? Like it is another good matchup. It's guy who's going to get a lot of the early down work, except there's no Keyshawn Vaughn. It, it's Kenneth Gainwell instead. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not playing the Giants, which is obviously like, you know, <laughs> Boston's got always scores touchdowns against the Giants. <laughs> Giants but, but yeah, I think that, I mean, I'd rather play him over like Dare Ungabawale, like as yeah. another one of these like waiver wire running backs. Like his role is like, who knows? Like, honestly, like there's a lot of question marks with him and he's, he plays on Jacksonville. Like, we know that the Eagles are probably going to at least put up points, which some of these other fringy running backs, like, you just don't know. Andrew mentioned Elijah Mitchell. He has been back to limited practices all week with that knee injury. Seems to be trending towards suiting up, and he would be back into auto start RB1 territory if healthy enough to suit up against the Houston Texans. If not, Jeff Wilson will continue to be a more than solid upside RB2 in his absence. Dwayne, we did get some bad news this morning that Antonio Gibson, not dealing with a lower body injury, but now COVID, leaving him extremely unlikely to play. What are your expectations for Jarrett Patterson? Because this Washington offense looks absolutely horrendous. With that said, Gibson's out. And as we know, J.D. McKissick remains on IR with the concussion. So Jarrett Patterson seems like he'll be a lead back, although we do need to keep in mind Jonathan Williams is on the roster as well. Yeah, I don't I don't think that Patterson's going to be the lead back. Like, that's the problem. I just don't think we know. I mean, if you look at the last three weeks, the snaps for Patterson versus, you know, Williams, they're pretty close. And in week 16, Jonathan Williams actually led the way with 40% Ooh. of the snaps versus 25% for Patterson. Um, Patterson has been the guy getting more of the rushing attempts, 20%, 19%, 45%, and then Williams with 20%, 5%, 15%. So my guess is that Patterson gets most of the early down work, that Jonathan Williams takes over most of the passing down work and maybe like, you know, another 20 to 30% of the rushing attempts. So, I mean, if we could get Patterson somewhere between 50 and 60% of the rushing attempts, but not involved at all in the passing game, then you essentially get like the thing that everybody was bitching about all season with Antonio Gibson until the last few weeks um, with arguably a lesser talent, but maybe a fresher and health, healthier talent. So um, I have not adjusted Patterson yet in my ranks, um, but looking at it right now, actually, yeah, I did kind of bump him up some, but I think he's a low end RB3. Like for now, I just I, I, more I don't see how I, I don't see how I can trust him for yeah. more than that, given the way they've used both guys. Yeah, I'm RB33, so very much okay. on the same go. page. Claude Ebersolaire not practicing all week with the shoulder uh, slash collarbone issue, although Andy Reid did say that he's comfortable playing him without practicing. Also keep in mind that Jarek McKinnon could be activated from IR. It'll be a situation to monitor into Sunday morning, but Daryl Williams will be set up as an upside RB2 if CEH is ultimately sidelined. And honestly, at least in DFS land, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind going to Daryl regardless of if Ebersolaire ends up being deemed 
active or not. Saquon Barkley did kick off the week with the DMP, but he is back limited. looks like he will play through the ankle injury. At this point, you know, he is more of a borderline RB2 with them continuing to feature Devontae Booker pretty much side-by-side him. Just a couple more situations I think we really need to talk about. Kareem Hunt did return to practice on Friday with his ankle injury. Dwayne, this was a situation earlier in the year where we kind of saw the workloads Hunt and Chubb were getting, and they were really outperforming uh, what we would expect running backs to do with those touches. We know Chubb is great. We know Hunt is great, but this Browns offense has been the opposite of great for most of the year. How are you treating Chubb and Hunt here inside of, uh, again, far from humming version of this Browns offense and a good matchup, but with limited touches? Right. I am assuming that that Hunt's going to play this weekend right now in my rank. So that's the way I've got it until we hear something different. So I've got Chubb at 15, which is definitely the lowest I've had him in multiple weeks. I've had him inside my top five any week that we've known that Hunt has been out. Um, So, yeah, I think you've just got to downgrade it. So what you can expect is for Nick Chubb to handle somewhere between 40 and 60 percent of the rushing attempts and to never see the field on a passing down, which he really hasn't anyway, but we had just beginning 70 to 80% of the rushing attempts when it's just him and Dearness Johnson. So basically you just have Nick, Nick Chubb's attempts are going to get cut by about 20, 25%. And then you're going to have Kareem Hunt take over all the Dearness Johnson work and then take some of the work from Chubb. So I've got Kareem Hunt at RB 26 right now, but knowing like he does carry an upside like there, like we've, we've seen Hunt have these boom games because he can't, he can't come up with the explosive plays. He can stay involved in the passing game, even in a bad Brown's attack, you know, he could come through, but because of what you just talked about, how bad their offense has been overall over the last month, you know, I've moved Hunt, you know, typically if Hunt was playing, he'd be inside my top 24. I haven't outside of it. Um, the one thing to keep in mind is the Browns should be the healthy, the healthiest that they've been all season not all season, but in about a month on the offensive line. So I expect, you know, they should be a little better than what we've seen over the last month. News for the Jets. Tevin Coleman hit the COVID list, potentially setting up Michael Carter for one of his biggest workloads and weeks. Before hearing about the COVID issue, I have Michael Carter as my RB22, but Andrew, as I'm looking at it more, got some guys I have in front of them, Javante, Damian Harris, Cordero Patterson, Rashad Penny, Zeke, Josh Jacobs. It makes me want to move Carter a little bit more up into that area. How, how are you kind of approaching with this? Because we know Zach Wilson doesn't love to check the ball down. We know Ty Johnson, your, your guy, could potentially be more involved too. But it does seem like Michael Carter should be seeing something in the, in the line of 20 combined carries and targets this week. Yeah, I think that he's like a solid volume play, but he plays for the Jets. Yeah. Like, how many points are they going to score against him? I mean, I just don't think we need to convince ourselves to play these running backs and receivers on these bad off. Like, we know who the bad offenses are. And, like, you know, talking about the football team, it's like I have Patterson at RB41. Like, I just don't see. I, I just like, <laughs> I, have no, I have sheesh. no faith. I have no faith in these guys playing on these just horrible teams, especially when it's, you know, against the Bucks. You know, he mentioned Zach Wilson has not, you know, he's not Mike White. You know, he's not Captain Checkdown. He's looking to throw the ball down the field. And that's, you know, Tampa Bay doesn't get run on. You can beat them in the passing game through receivers or through the running backs. But, you know, Wilson has not shown that he's willing to check it down to, uh, Michael Carter consistently. So I still have him as, you know, at the end of RB2 range. Moving right along. 
Damon Harris is actually listed as questionable with the hamstring, but the Patriots do this each and every week. Not worried about him. We did see Ramondre Stevenson return from the COVID list, but as we've seen with some of these players, don't immediately have the full-time role. So they are facing the Jaguars. I love Damon Harris as a tournament play in DFS because I think if Stevenson was out, like he'd be a top five play on the week. And I still think he has a chance for multi-touchdown upside with 15 to 20 carries and fantasy land better off treating Harris as a lower end touchdown dependent RV two Stevenson, somewhat more of a flex play. I'll be picking the other guy in most close start sit questions. Broncos running backs, Javante with the knee, Melvin thumb and hip. They've been limited all week, but they are fine. Could certainly see some larger workloads than usual with all those wide receiver injuries. Cam Akers unlikely to play in week 17 now due to that, you know, freaking Achilles injury that they're trying to rush him back from. It was expected to be a Sonny Michelle show anyway, but now we know even more so for sure. Last point here, James Conner did return to a limited practice on Friday, you know, with his heel injury still shaping up as pretty much like a game time call. Dwayne, how far do you see yourself dropping Edmonds? Because right now, man, I put him as my RB three, assuming Connor is out. Like that's how high his freaking ceiling is as just the workhorse running back in this Cardinals offense, 90% snaps. And we know he can catch eight to 10 passes, but with this Cowboys Cardinals game being at four o'clock, like where would you kind of be treating Edmonds if Connor ends up playing? Because I know we have a lot of questions about like how confident should I feel having to pivot off Edmonds. If we do end up hearing that Connor's going to be out there. I mean, obviously Edmonds is coming down from there. I mean, I've got him at seven, like, so I love him, you know, as well. And I, I don't, I don't know that I could even argue with top three just because he's so involved in the passing game. You know, it's a big game total at 51 and a half, you know, decent applied points. Like it's one of the actual games on the slate we want to watch. So like, it's hard to <laughs> not be behind like Edmonds if he's going to be the only guy, but if Connor does play and good God, like Cliff Kingsbury, does he, does the guy have a decision that's not a game time decision? I think he decides what he's going to wear at game time. He's deciding Dinner. what he's Yes. Everything is at game time. Like all decisions are made in the Cliff Kingsbury household at game time. Um, so if we do hear that Connor's going to be back, I would still expect Chase Edmonds to lead this backfield. So I don't honestly think I would be overly concerned about a pivot off. I think you're going to lose something obviously if Connor plays. Um, but I mean, a guy that can't practice all week, just gets in a limited on Friday, didn't practice all last week. Um, man, I just, I don't feel that confident about James Conner. He won't, you know, he'll be a low end RB three, even if active for me. So I just don't see him being a huge factor, like to put it like a pin in it. I think you would probably move Chase Evans down to high end RB two from right now. You got him as a high end RB one. I was looking kind of like that RB 19, maybe RB 20 sounds about right. I don't don't think that James Conner is going to play. I mean, we've done this with with, like with DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, game time decision. Oh, Kyler Murray. (laughs) You know, he's almost ready three weeks later. He's almost ready. Like he's not playing. And and so like from a DFS perspective, like I'm building cash lineups with Chase Edmonds. Like that's what I'm doing. And if we still don't like, it's a risk I'm willing to take, you know, the champ, but you like Dwayne said, it's not like Edmonds is just going to be totally dust. If Connor plays, I like him in tournaments too. If this news is enough to keep people from just totally steaming it, you know what I mean? So So. he'll be, he'll be an easy player to pivot to though. in the late window, because his salary is 5,700 on DK. So, um, I mean, I haven't been staring at my DK screen all day or anything, (laughs) but (laughs) Can't, can't stress enough yeah, how good of a play it becomes on drafting. Like Andrew and I in the DFS pod were talking about how they're like more viable cash game backs this week than we've seen maybe all year long. But Edmonds rises to the top of that list if we get for sure confirmation Connor's out. But to Andrew's point, I would, you know, if that Girl Scout shows out, 
pulls that pistol out of her Girl Scout bag, <laughs> I would say that Connor is going to be out of this one. Now with the wide receivers, A.J. Brown. How are people still freaking out about an A.J. Brown DMP on Thursday? This happens all the time. He comes back on Friday. He says he's fine. Calf injury is no big deal. Just the regular maintenance day. Continue to treat A.J. Yeah, B. He DMPs on Thursdays almost as much as he gets hurt in a game. You know, A.J. Brown DMPing on Thursdays. Cliff Kingsbury making game time decisions on everything. You know, <laughs> so A.J. Brown, Brown didn't DMP last Thursday. He, he scored a bunch of fantasy points. Yeah, there That's we go. True. That's Tell true. him, That's Andrew. True, Andrew. Tell him. Antonio Brown, however, we did have a more unfortunate Thursday DMP tweaked his ankle during the week. He is now being set up as a game time decision. They said we're going to test it out. It doesn't sound like the most severe thing in the world, but that's pretty just kind of me not going off of all that much other than a Bruce Arians quote. So we'll see with AB if he's healthy enough to be out there. We know he's a wide receiver one. With that said, Mike Evans has a chance to play through that hamstring injury. He's off the COVID list. He did return to practice on Thursday and he's listed as questionable. Andrew, how much concern do you have for these guys playing through the pain a little bit and particularly with Evans also coming off the COVID list in the last week. Yeah. And I'm definitely concerned about Mike Evans in terms of, you know, what his role, I mean, this isn't a matchup where they necessarily need Mike Evans to do a lot. You know, he could just kind of be out there just kind of like getting in his conditioning. Like we, we seen it before Tyler Johnson got plenty of cardio last week. You know, <laughs> trust me, I know. Cause I was following it very, very closely because I had to play him somewhere. So I just don't, they don't need Mike Evans to beat the jets. If Antonio Brown's out there, we've seen him just get, you know, hyper-targeted by Tom Brady, you know, he had 50% of the targets last week. So yeah, like Evans, I mean, I think that you're hoping Evans just like catches a touchdown, like has his one for one for one, you know, stat line that he just occasionally puts up. So he, he won't necessarily dud your lineup, but I think that there are better options you can go towards. And especially because, you know, the Buccaneers could also just run the football with Ronald Jones against the jets. Like it's, yeah. there's a lot of I ways think, you can beat this jets team. I think with formats where you only have to start two receivers and maybe you don't have a flex Mike Evans is out this week. You're not playing it. Like, even if he's active, like now, once you get into the deeper formats or you got something that's two receivers, two flex, you know, it's going to be hard to not have Mike, Mike Evans in your, in your lineup. But if you're one of those smaller formats that, you know, and I don't know why you play in one of those, there's more good players to use and love, right. than the eight that you guys are using every week. Um, so if you're in one of those though, you're going to have Mike Evans on the bench. Looking at kind of my wide receivers in the twenties, you know, the, Cooks, Mooney's, Beckham's, Van, Devontae Smith. I would have Evans above those guys. But once we started to look at, you know, Monroe, St. Brown, Hunter Renfro, Christian Kirk, Russell Gage, I think I'd be taking those guaranteed targets over Evans. Similar page, Dwayne? Yep. Cool. Yep. Fantastic. Another guy in that group, Marquise Brown, didn't practice on Thursday or Friday with an illness. Man, these Ravens, like they have COVID problems too, but just the non-COVID illnesses, I feel like Baltimore gets these more than just about anyone. on that one. Yeah, I, yeah. He, he and freaking Lamar Jackson get more tummy aches than anybody I've ever known. Quit freaking making out, guys, whatever you're doing. So I don't know <laughs> what's going on uh, there. Hopefully Hollywood plays through the pain. Has a, you know, he's tied with Devontae Adams right now for the third longest streak with at least five receptions uh, this season. So, you know, if he's out there, even with Tyler Huntley under center, he's firmly in the wide receiver three play. Also keep an eye on Devin Duvernay. He should be back from this ankle injury. And man, you know, if we do have walk-ins, Duvernay, Marquise out there, that's going to be hurting Rashad Bateman's potential. But obviously these guys are all nothing more than wide receiver three types at best with the Jets. Now, Andrew, I'm 
We were talking about it. I think I'm back in on it. If you want to get Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup in your cash game lineup, you need to go cheap on wide receiver in addition to quarterback and tight end. And I think Braxton Berrios at 3.7K might be our guy. Elijah Moore, he was being called 50-50. He's out. Jameson Crowder with the calf. He's doubtful. Andrew, we got to get Braxton Berrios in there, man. This is the week. Yeah, I mean, I'd yes. be lying if I didn't say I built a I built a Tom Brady Brown Gronk stack and Barrios just like fit right in there, yeah. right, nice and smooth. Like so I could jam into much other stuff. Like so, a glove. <laughs> so yeah, Barrios beneath 4K. There's not a lot. We lost Josh Palmer, as we'll get into uh, as an option because some of the Chargers guys came back. So Barrios at 3,700. You know, strong target share last week. Strong route participation is in the slot, and you know. Kevin Barrios. Every time he plays, like he has a super high target He's rate. Great, man, I want to see the guy play a full <laughs> game anyway. Like I just, you know, I want to see it. Look, I have a wide receiver 42 overall. So, you know, you season longers out there. Don't be going crazy on Barrios. I have 45. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we're not going too crazy season. Where are you at? Where, where are you at? Andrew's going to throw like a 30 out there. Uh, well, he, he was at 59, but I, I have to move him up. I yeah, no, I was the one that was having to try to convince him. So we just got to, he needs a, like a cereal deal, man. Just give, give me a nice uh, bowl of Barrios. Braxton Barrios sounds like it should like, yeah, like that, it, that should be a cereal deal. Like there's Barrios. We'll yeah. have to have our, uh, you know, our, our agency company that changes tight ends to wide receivers. We can also pick We're up expanding. cereal. We're expanding yeah. the brand. <laughs> All right. Emmanuel Sanders questionable with a knee injury. Seemed like, you know, something went wrong during practice. Uh, Dwayne, you know, we've seen Isaiah McKenzie stepping for Cole Beasley, but Beasley is back. Gabriel Davis is the next man up. If Sanders is out, we have a little bit of uncertainty with Davis coming back from the COVID list. Is he at 100%? Maybe Jake Kumaro could stay a little more involved than we would like. But man, if Sanders is out, how high up are you putting Gabe Davis into the ranks? Because he's someone that we saw, you know, two weeks ago, give us true multi-touchdown upside in the absence of Manny Sanders. Yeah. I mean, whenever you get games, I went back and looked like, it's crazy. I started looking at all of uh, Gabe Davis's finishes. Like every time he's been like inside the top 30, like anytime this guy gets over 35% of the routes, it's like wheels up, like, which is crazy. You don't see that for anyone. Um, so, I mean, essentially anytime he's had at least 35% of the routes, he's been at minimum a wide receiver three. And then the last two weeks where he had 80 and 90% of the routes, right. We also got a wide receiver four finish out of him. So the way I'm looking at, you know, Davis this week, and it only is because of the COVID thing, I'm putting him in that mid, that mid wide receiver three tier. If I was not worried about any lingering effects from COVID, he would be a wide receiver too. Frank Juan Smith. He's out chest injury. We don't really care. It's the freaking saints. I was going to say, throw that one down right now. Uh, do keep an eye. We got Traquan out. We got Mark Ingram questionable with a knee. Look, you're starting Alvin Kamara regardless. I get that. But again, just more DFS side of things. Uh, you know, if you want to go up to the top of that salary scale, yeah, you got Jonathan Taylor. He'll be chalky as usual. Hasn't caught a pass in three weeks. Keep that in mind. Austin Eckler coming back from the COVID list. And now Alvin Kamara going up against the Panthers defense. That seems to be losing, you know, a different defensive starter by the week, not a ton to play for these days i do like kamara as a tournament play particularly if ingram now is going to be at less than 100 percent broncos wide receiver room judy and patrick are on the covid list and fangio said like sutton could be too like gave us like a weird 50 50 answer on us so that doesn't sound good andrew let's imagine in a, a quick world where sutton is somehow the only guy that is not on the covid list how high would you be willing to play him Personally, I still don't think I could rank him inside of the top 24. I mean, it's like, 
it's tough. You know, we saw him obviously be productive in the earlier part of the season, 24% uh, target yes, share. Yes, I could. Without, okay, I take that without back. Jerry top Judy. 15 or so. But yes, and, yeah, so. man, you got to have him in the top 20. And, and Tim Patrick is also, he's also on the COVID list. So we know the targets. I think it's good for no fan. Like, like the, he was someone I was really low on, but now we're taking away two bodies that are taking away targets in this offense. It's a good matchup for tight ends because the Chargers have been obviously faced a lot of great tight ends this year. I think that like, also if you're like looking for a punt tight end, like they're, it's interesting because Fangio mentioned that they're going to change their personnel plays based on who they have. So for me, it's like, okay, they're going to use more two tight, two tight yeah. end sets. So yeah. more Noah Fant and more Albert O. So like Albert O, he sees just almost as many targets as Noah Fant anyway. Yeah. Like he's someone that's kind of, I think as like a DFS punt play, you go with Albert O. I think that he's, I, mean, I haven't seen what his price is. If he, unless he's stone men, but I think that's kind of the way I would approach. I mean, son, I think it would still put him probably like, I don't know. It's tough. I think probably my top 30, at least if all those guys are out, I mean, we know he's going to get the targets. We've seen him, but he's also a good wide receiver. Like, we know, he's going to spend the targets that have been the issue with him. So, I mean, he's probably on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues because he's just been God awful for so long, ever since Judy came back. So if you need an upside receiver, that's going to get, you know, North of double digit targets has touchdown equity. I don't mind son, especially with Locke, because Locke likes to check the ball down the field. I lied. He definitely would be in my top 24 after like putting an extra 10 seconds of thought into it. Uh, with yeah, that in mind, though, I don't know about top 10, 20. It's an eight out of 10 wide receiver strength of schedule, 92.1 wide receiver cornerback. Yeah, but he's got like, zero out of 10 at quarterback, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't, yeah. well, this is your guy, Drew. This is your guy, Drew Locke. This For specific reasons about how bad he is, you can't, you need to add context, Dwayne. You know that more than anyone. Yeah, well, I didn't <laughs> want to say anything bad about Drew Locke on a show that you're doing. So, um, but Portland's Ivan at 21. Like, okay. Uh, yeah, I would put him right behind Christian Kirk at wide receiver 21. Great. I love it. We're on the same page, everyone. Sorry about that awkward <laughs> silence. Moving right along here. I thought Dwayne had a little more to give us, but you know what? He's a family man. He's got other priorities. Ron, Rondale Moore back to practice with the ankle. Sh- still shaping up as a game time decision. You're not really playing him. Just something to keep in mind, you know, with Chase Edmonds' potential target share underneath areas of the field. Nelson Aguilar ruled out the concussion. More Nikhil Harry. Maybe some more Jacoby Myers goodness in the underneath areas of the field. Either way, Patriots passing game. We kind of know what they are at this point. Josh Reynolds and Khalif Raymond on the COVID list. Expect Amon Ross St. Brown to keep eating. I currently have him as my wide receiver 18. Dwayne, you about in the same area? Yeah, I've got uh I got him at 22. But yeah, I mean, like he he's in your top 24, period. Absolutely. Uh, Giants, similar thing. So this will, this will be a fun case study. We got all the Broncos receivers out. We got Cortland Sutton as someone that we were confident, at least, you know, putting him into the top 24. Now for the Giants, we got Darius Slayton on the COVID list. John Ross, John Ross is out with a knee. Colin Johnson's out with a hamstring. Kadarius Tony is out with a shoulder. Kenny Galladay is the only active receiver on this roster. Andrew, how high up can we go with Kenny Galladay? Like it's fantasy football. It's supposed to be fun. People have the championship on the line. What you say in these next 15 seconds will ultimately, you know, make or break you, man. I mean, he's still not ranked very, very high. Like that's the thing. It's just, it's, it's, he's had opportunities like this before. Like there, there have been receivers that missed time this year. Kadoni has missed time. Shepard has missed time. I know we talked about Evan Ingram a couple of weeks back, but I go, this is it. Like this is his opportunity. Like all these guys are out and he did nothing because this offense is anemic and just can't move the ball with Mike Lennon or Jake Fromm. you know, the, the ultimate quarterback duo under center for big blue. So for Galladay, yeah, you're hoping he scores a touchdown. The bears have allowed the second most receiving touchdowns of wide receivers. And that's it. Like that's what you're hoping. He gets a touchdown, gets to seven points. 
and you call it a day. So again, I feel way more confident about Sutton because we've actually seen him produce this year something. Like we haven't gotten anything from Galladay all year long. So, you know, probably at the back end of, you know, wide receiver between wide receiver 40 and 36 for me, like not still don't really want to play Galladay. I think that's more than fair. Dwayne, similar thoughts? Similar thoughts. Gotta love Didn't even this. budge on Galladay. Like I, I'm wearing Andrews. <laughs> like, he's had his, yeah, not moving him. <laughs> he's had his chance. Like he's already basically been the only guy. So this yeah. isn't really, yeah, they're they're in very desperate times now, but we've already been in a situation where he's the main guy. So I don't just really consider this to be that much different. Brute. I'd rather play Braxton Berrios, and I'm not lying. <laughs> <laughs> Braxton Berrios week, all wheels up. Chargers activated Mike Williams and Jalen Guyton off the COVID list, takes away the Josh Palmer luster just a tad. I would expect them to kind of rotate things more evenly between this trio on the outside, but in terms of season-long options, try to find a better one. Nick Westbrook, well, keep, well, would I'm you sorry. sit? Well, I, well, would you sit Mike Williams? Like knowing he's been on the COVID list, he's really up and down. I know Denver's has a lot of. Guys I wide receiver 34 i play guys like Pittman, parker okay. so you're not so not high on mike williams though this week though no are you you're basically no. ranking mike williams about where he's performed over the last two months fancy that wild <laughs> concept <laughs> wild concept there from uh mr Harditz. nick westbrook and kenny off the covid list he'll be wide receiver too but we all know it's just aj brown's world there in the tennessee passing game lavisca chenault off the covid list you know for you Tavon austin truthers out there something to keep in mind uh but yeah just avoid that freaking jaguars <laughs> offense let's see if possible. chenault can do let's see if chenault can just do what Tavon austin what if he's rb1 what if, we, what if nah, he's, we're just a couple more injuries away, a couple more injuries away uh, from LaVisca really getting going. Uh, Marquez Vaughn is scaling also off the COVID list. Um, I think he is a boomer bust wide receiver for a big noteworthy thing. Obviously you're not trying to fire up MBS, but he does take away from the Alan Lazard luster just a bit. Where do you have these guys ranked Dwayne? I do have Lazard ahead of MBS, but I did have to bump him down kind of out of the wide receiver three territory. Now that he's yeah. back. Same way. Uh, I have Lazard at 48. I've got MVS at 49. Like I, I just like, they can't, they cancel each other out a lot of the time. You could still get one of them to come through and give you a wide receiver two, wide receiver three performance. We just don't ever know which one it's going to be whenever they're both playing. It's also the game environment is just not oh God, ideal just, for they the ancillary receivers, like negative five degree weather, this terrible quarterback on the other side of the ball. Like I could just see AJ Dillon touch the ball 40 times and the Vikings being like, you know what? I don't want to tackle this guy. Like I can't feel my arms, my legs, like what's going on. Yeah, that, that spread moved six points today with the cousins news. So yeah, that's, that's, that's rough. Zach Ertz practicing in full as we move on to tight end. Hamstring is not an issue. He has led the way in targets with DeAndre Hopkins out. He is cemented as an upside tight end one this week. Also, Pat Fryermuth back, missed last week with the concussion. He's practicing in full, should be good to go. Perfectly viable borderline tight end one option. You know, if he's out there and you have someone like Tyler Conklin listed as questionable with that hamstring and the quarterback uh, downgrade, I would be firing up Fryermuth over him. Another guy who I hope wasn't your starting tight end but if he was jared cook he is now on the covid list go get fryermuth otherwise um james o'shaughnessy all you truthers out there uh hip he is out offensive engine that was a fun tweet from nbc sports edge good job by you guys i'll, I'll call them by their real name when they actually send out a good uh, headline and unfortunately everyone's favorite dfs streamer mo alley cox it looks like it's not going to work out because jack doyle was able to practice in full fashion on friday with the knee and ankle issues he is officially 
list that is questionable, but we're expecting him to play through that. So with this in mind, like, okay, we're not going to a Jaguars backup tight end uh, with Conklin being out as much as I would love to sit here and tout a Chris Herndon week. I don't think I can for my, you know, professional reputation. So I think the only question is really, do we want anything to do with these chargers backups? we got Donald Parham, obviously still coming back from that concussion. It's Steven Anderson. It's Trey McKitty. Andrew, you're the king of sub three K tight ends, man. Why not Steven Anderson? No, I mean, like, I know he has like a wide receiver background, but there's just, no, it's like basketball. That's what really matters. (laughs) It's just, I need there to be a clear role where I know that he's like at least the first option in the tight end room, but it's why Tyler Croft was so perfect for this role. And you know, he's still on the COVID list. So unfortunately we will have no Tyler. It's not a, it's probably not a good weekend to get cheap, honestly, on tight end, just because the studs all have great matchups, you know, Kelsey, Kittle and Gronk all have great matchups. One of them is going to smash. So I think it it could be Kittle. Yeah, it could be Kittle. It's going to be hard to punt though on tight end this week. I think. Yeah. In tournaments, you don't want to, I think in cash, it's okay. Like if you want to play, like, like we talked about on the show, like Cole Komet 3,400 is fine because it's decent matchup. I think Komet's probably the play in cash. Yeah. He's, he's always been the cash play because he never catches touchdowns, but he always has like five targets and five catches every game. So yeah, Komet. Even though we know Jimmy Graham's going to score his no trade clause yep. touchdown. So Dwayne sounds sound like you didn't have any more thoughts on this tight end group. No, I mean, I've, I've been looking at it for like the last two days. Like, is there a name that pops up? There's just not like, usually there is like, yeah. here's the name I would give you um, is probably Foster Moreau. Like, and his, his salaries oh, yeah. come up some, but like, he's really been more involved the last three weeks and everybody's off of him. Right. Cause they burnt, he burned everybody for the first two weeks. So everybody's, they, <laughs> Foster Monroe basically doesn't exist. Like, so he's going to start again this weekend, but he's, he's probably the cheapest one down there. Um, that's like sub 4k. Like he's not, he's not, you know, the men, but I, I can't even remember what he is, Andrew. I think, but yeah, I know he's sub 4k. He's 3,800. 3,800. Yeah. So in that range, he's the one I like. Where did you guys move Fant up to? I got Fant to 11. Okay. So, so he's, a, so I listed him as a sit. So if you read my start set, I listed Fant as a sit. He's no longer a sit with all these other Broncos receivers out too bad, Andrew. You already said he was set. It's already in the universe. Sorry. Oh, how this works. <laughs> all right, everyone. That's going to wrap up this edition of the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast, bringing you all the injuries in the week. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed this entire year. We'll be back with so much more in 2022. So for Andrew, for Dwayne, I'm Ian. Thank you all for listening. Until next time, take care, everybody.